Welcome to Socialette, your go-to source for bite-sized lessons in launching and online marketing. I'm your host, Steph Taylor, and I'm a corporate dropout turned launch strategist, helping you launch your digital products simply and successfully so you can reach more people, grow your audience, and become the go-to brand in your space. Want to swipe my signature launch framework? Download my free ebook, The Complete Roadmap for a Killer Launch at stephtaylor.co forward slash roadmap. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of my latest episodes released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Hey, welcome back to Social Let. This is episode 499. Today we're talking about boundaries in business. So boundaries is kind of like a, a they're a hot term that people talk about a lot when it comes to relationships and, you know, family members and that kind of thing. But they're also really important in your business. Now, I'm not an expert in setting boundaries by any means. So I brought on somebody who I've learned a lot about boundaries from over the last couple of years, and that is Monica Yates. So Monica is a trauma healer and an embodiment coach, and she really helps women to get into that feminine energy, which a huge part of it is setting boundaries, right? And it's sounds like it sounds almost like, you know, setting boundaries is such a masculine thing to do. But one thing that I've learned from Monica is that setting boundaries actually helps you to get into that feminine energy so much better. So over the years, Monica has become an expert in helping women to step out of their masculine armor, tap into their core feminine desires and live a life in alignment. And today we're talking about setting boundaries, signs you need to set a boundary in your business, how to embody the boundaries so that people respect you and your time and so that you're not constantly feeling like this exhausted, overwhelmed mess in your business. I am so excited for today's episode. I cannot wait for you to absorb all of the goodness that she has to share with you. I will add a little language warning for this episode. Usually this podcast is clean, (laughs) but, and usually I will edit out any swear words, but Monica's personality, you'll understand, you'll understand when you hear her. Um, I can't edit out the language in this episode without editing Monica's personality. And I don't want to do that. So language warning, I know some of you do listen to this show in your car with your kids. Maybe don't listen to this one with your kids in the room. (laughs) And let's jump into today's episode. Welcome, Monica. I'm so excited to have you on Socialette to talk about boundaries. You are, I I didn't mention this before, but you're actually one of the first people who kind of introduced me to the concept of setting boundaries in business because back in 2020, my business grew very quickly. Like I went from a hundred thousand in a year to a million in a year. And that was the same time, around the same time that I joined your program, Queen Alchemy. And one of the very first things that you were like was you, you were talking about was setting boundaries. And because I'd had such fast growth, my business was my DMs were exploding, my inbox was exploding, and I felt so overwhelmed. So I remember setting that very first boundary. And I was like, holy shit, this feels amazing. So I'm okay. really excited <laughs> to have you here to share all of the boundary magic with my listeners. 
Of course. Of course. Thank you for having me, Steph, and reaching out. I love talking about boundaries. So you picked the right person. Yes. Well, let's let's backtrack. So let's start by talking a little bit about your business because you've built a super successful business. You're living the dream like life in New York. Uh, would you like to share the story of how you got there? So yeah, I'll make it really quick because obviously it could be a long, boring story that people don't want to hear. Um, but essentially how I kind of got to where I was um, was similar to you. I started my business and the first year I made like $40,000 or something like Aussie. Um, and then the next year I made $600,000. So it was a really big jump. And then the year after was like just over a million or something. So I like exponentially increased quite quickly. And obviously in that it's really easy to burn out, to feel overwhelmed, to feel like you don't, you're not supported, like you're alone in the journey and like that everybody wants you and that no one's helping you. And that was a, that was actually a common thing that I struggled with a feeling like I'm helping everybody else and nobody's helping me. And that's where I really had to take responsibility of like setting the boundaries, reminding myself that yes, what I'm doing is like very, very, um, like heartfelt, like the work that I do, it doesn't feel like I'm necessarily running a business. So it can get very murky with having to draw boundaries with clients, reminding yourself that you're running a business, like following up on like failed payments and like just random shit like that. It can feel very hard when your business is like your sole purpose and when it is um, so close to your heart. And that's something that I struggle with a lot. If I felt like I was being mean to people over the years, if I was following up on failed payments, not tolerating like, you know, shitty like clients that were like, you know, blowing up my phone on a weekend because I haven't responded to them on a Saturday, like random shit like that. Um, I found that really tricky and I would find it really hard when you would get those occasional shitty clients, unfortunately, that would, you know, um, like one time I had a client, for example, and she was actually 18 and her dad was the one that was paying. And and it's all like, a, I've got a very tight contract and whatever, but he basically just didn't want to pay for any of it. It was like, no, you said it was one payment of a thousand dollars for six months. And I'm just like, what the fuck? No, that's not what I said. I'm like, look at the contract, whatever. It was a whole thing. And I remember that very clearly because I took it as such a personal attack that, um, you know, like I felt like I had done something wrong and that I was wrong for, like, I made it all my own fault instead of being like, no, I'm running a business. And my dad actually helped me a lot with this. And he said to me, he said, the like the part of running a business and the more that your business grows and the more clients that you have is you're always going to have 1% of shitty clients. Like it doesn't matter how, you know, we can get really trapped in this idea especially if you're spiritual of like, you know, oh, why did I attract this client in? Like what was in my vibration that made someone want to refund? And it's like, sometimes there's nothing in your fucking vibration. It's the fact that you're running a business and this shit happens. Mm -hmm. And so I found that really hard in the beginning to come to terms with, but I really had to embrace the fact that I'm running a business. Like, yes, it is what I absolutely love to do. And yes, my heart and every inch of my being is in it. But I also cannot forget that I am running a business and my business has rules and regulations. And I cannot just be like, oh, I don't feel like doing them today, or I don't feel like implementing them to like one client or whatever. Like, that's not how it works. And that can be really hard, especially for women, because we're driven by our emotions, which means that as soon as something happens that can invoke an emotional response, we find it really, really challenging to draw the boundaries, to put our foot down. And that whole thing of like, you know, you have to like behave like a man or like act like mm-hmm. a man in business. Um, 
you know, essentially it's kind of true sometimes, but I also hate that phrase because I'm like, well, we're not men. So let's not act like them. You know, I'm all about that. I'm like, no, like we need to understand how to work with ourselves being such emotional beings as women and how we can work with that and what's happening and what's coming up for us when we don't want to draw a boundary. And like, you know, a lot of women will say, or, you know, it's very like in society these days of, um, basically we paint it like it's easier for men to draw boundaries in business than it is for us. And that it's more like acceptable for a man to draw a boundary than for a woman to draw a boundary. And I disagree with that. I don't think it's more acceptable. It's just easier by nature. And we women often will make it like, oh, it's just hard being a woman in business. Like we're not allowed to set boundaries or we're not allowed to say no. And I'm like, no, that's not true. It's just that no one's used to it because we find it really hard because we're such emotional beings and we're wired to like hate rejection because it literally like our biology is literally like we're going to fucking die if we are not protected and safe and secure. Um, So that was, you know, once I really was able to operate from that place in my business, it really helped me to grow without feeling so emotionally drained all the time from doing my work. It allowed me to really separate it. And now like a lot of people, people see it at my events. So they're like, whoa, actually my boyfriend's wrote a lot because he was at my event and like helping. And he said to me a few times of like, you literally just leave the room and you like, don't care about what happened for the day. Like you're just fine. Like you're just like normal you. It's like you can snap out of it. And that's something that I've, I've had to learn because if you take all of that on board all the time and like, don't worry, I fucking had a meltdown two days later. But <laughs> if you take that on board all the time and you become so attached to your business, then it becomes really, really hard to say no, to separate yourself. Like even little examples like, um, like you did this without even me having to ask, but when someone asked me to be on their podcast, now I'm like, okay, well, I need these, these, these statistics, blah, 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 because yeah. I don't have the time to just jump on everybody's podcast. And of course, a part of me is like, I wish I could, you know, help someone that doesn't have, you know, like very good stats for whatever reason. But you have to own the fact that where you are at your business might mean that you do not have the time and the resources to talk on topic X because you're not going to get the ROI that you need for you to allocate an hour of your time. Um, And that can be really, really hard for like, even me, like it's just hard sometimes because you don't want to say no to people because you want to help everybody. Yeah. And that's actually a really great example because I used to say yes to every single podcast interview that was pitched to me or that everybody, everybody who invited me to go onto their podcast and because I'm in Australia, of course, it usually means that the interviews are going to be super early in the morning or super late at night because people are in the US and America. And I remember so vividly this one interview, I stayed up, I think it was like 9 p.m. or 10 p.m., which is past my bedtime. And the guy, like it was his first ever podcast interview he'd ever done, didn't know what questions to ask me. It was the most awkward thing. Oh and I don't think yes. anybody's even listening to Right. So now it's like, okay, cool. I will do them and I'll make exceptions for them. And I'll interview if, if a guest like you, for example, you're in New York, normally I wouldn't take a call before 9am, but because you're in New York and the time zone, I'm like, cool, let's do 8am. That's fine. Mm-hmm. So I guess there's a little bit of flexibility within those boundaries. But one of the things that I love that you talk about is how setting boundaries doesn't make you a bitch. 
I really love that. Can you please, could you explain a little bit more what you mean by that? I will will go on that tangent. Okay. So drawing boundaries doesn't make you a bitch. Something that has helped so many of my clients. And it's really funny because um, I'm going to use one of my couple clients as an example. So she's a one-on-one client and he did my program, the man. And, um, when he was, so he, she worked with me before he did. And when he was in the man, I was explaining boundaries to them. We were doing a lot of work around boundaries. And something that I always say is boundaries. And like when you draw boundaries in your relationships, it's a sign of respecting the relationship. And he was like, oh my God, now it makes sense why she draws boundaries. She's not doing it to be a bitch. She's doing it because she doesn't want to resent me. Like she, she wants the relationship to continue to be healthy. And a lot of us feel like, and included in this as men, like a lot of us feel like if we draw boundaries, we are being too much. We're being a bitch. We are asking for too much, like whatever it is. And there's obviously a line when it comes to drawing boundaries, but when you really understand boundaries from a relationship aspect. And that can be um, like a business relationship or a romantic relationship or a friendship. It doesn't matter any kind of relationship. When you really think about it, if you don't draw boundaries, what's going to happen? You're going to bitch about the person in your head or to your friends. You're going to resent the fact that you have to get on like a 7 a.m. you know, fucking podcast call, for example, because you didn't actually want to do that, but you said yes because you didn't draw a boundary. And basically what happens is you ruin the relationship because resentment creeps in. And everybody thinks that a lack of communication causes relationships to fail, but it's not a lack of communication. It's a lack of drawing boundaries. It's sorry. It's a lack of, sorry, rewind, completely fucking brain fart. It is um, (laughs) resentment that kills relationships, not a lack of communication. So you always want to, I always think about how can I reduce resentment? Now, reducing resentment might mean communicating about something. For a lot of the time, reducing resentment um, means uh, drawing boundaries. So even on the podcasting, for example, when someone asks me to come on their podcast, I had an example happened the other day. I now say in the response email, when I say yes, I say, I like to jump straight into the questions. Please, can we not have 20 minutes talking about my story? Because people can go and listen to my podcast and like read my fucking about me page if they want to hear 20 minutes of it, because no one likes it. Everybody finds it boring. And I'm so sick of talking about my whole story about how did I get into this? And like, what was my journey and blah, blah, blah. Um, and like, for me, that's an example of drawing a boundary and people might be like, oh, it's not really drawing a boundary, but boundaries can really show up in so many ways. That's an example of drawing a boundary because if I didn't say that and she wanted to go on a fucking tangent for 20 minutes about how I got here, I would resent myself in not saying that to her. So the other thing with boundaries is that if you don't draw them, what will often happen is that you end up resenting yourself because you knew that you wanted to draw the boundary. Yep. And by you not drawing the boundary, it can inflict some like self-shame and self-guilt that we will often project onto the other person if you're not heavily self-aware. So whether you're a man or whether you're a woman, I want everyone to remember that drawing boundaries is a sign of self-respect. And if you respect yourself, you respect the other person. And it is you wanting to ensure that the relationship is as healthy as possible and that there isn't resentment. That is why you want to draw boundaries and why it doesn't make you a bitch. It's so funny because I always talk about how 
business and relationships are so similar. And I laugh that you used a relationship example. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really interesting. So um, you mentioned resentment as you started talking about resentment. And I remember from what I've learned from you in the past that resentment is one of the signs that you need to set a boundary or that there needs to be a boundary put in place. What are some of the other signs that somebody can look out for in their business or in their relationship or anywhere that they need to set a boundary around something? Okay. So the first thing I'm going to say is I really want everyone to understand that a boundary does not always look like Hey, I'm setting a boundary here right now. Don't do this again. That's not necessarily a boundary. A boundary could be that you're sharing like a need with someone. Sometimes the biggest boundary is silence, actually. So I can go on that in a second. But I just want everyone to understand that like setting a boundary does not mean that you have to sit down and have some like deep fucking conversation with someone and be like, this is actually a boundary for me. Please don't cross it in some like, you know, like spiritually bypassy way. People can really do it the wrong way and they can make boundaries a big deal. And it can become a very uncomfortable situation for the other person because they feel like they have really, really hurt you. And in reality, you know, it's, they don't know. So you can't inflict any kind of fuck you vibes onto them because they don't know that, um, that a boundary has been crossed until you tell them. So it's your responsibility to draw a boundary. The thing with boundaries is that you have to understand that a lot of you won't know when a boundary, what a boundary is for yourself until it gets crossed. So once the boundary gets crossed, you'll then be like, oh, I didn't like that. Or like, oh, this is a thing for me. Like, I don't want this to happen again. You th- then have the responsibility to make that known to other people. So um, wait, what was your question again, Steph, that I haven't? Oh, <laughs> the signs that you need to set a boundary. Oh, yeah. So um, for women, ten- a lot of tension will occur in your body if there is a situation where you are feeling like your needs aren't getting met or like something's really fucking aggravating you. You will feel like physical tension and therefore you can often try and get that tension released in unhealthy ways. As an example, it could be like phoning your boyfriend 20 million times until he picks up the phone. And it's like, that w- would not be the greatest way to go about it. So tension can arise and then you picking it up. Like it could, it could cause you to pick an argument. The tension in your body could arise and then it causes you to overeat. It can cause you to try and like get rid of the tension in various different ways when the reality is that tension is telling you what you actually needed um, to stop that tension happening. You then need to have some self-reflection which can take two seconds, figure out, oh, this is what I actually needed. And then ensure that you communicate that or do whatever you need to do to make sure that is needed, um, that, that that is communicated for the, for the um, future. The next thing also as an example of how to know when you, need, when you need to draw a boundary is when you're like avoiding or getting anxious about something. It depends on your default attachment style. And I do want to preface that we often think think of um, attachment styles just in romantic relationships. Like I'm an anxious attachment style or I'm avoidant or I'm an anxious avoidant or I'm secure. But these attachment styles can really be put into business. They can be put into the way that you communicate with your clients. They can be put into the way that you deal with conflicting situations. So I know, for example, my default is avoidance. When I feel overwhelmed, I don't get anxious. I get avoidant. I'm like, I'm out. Peace out, bitches. And so, for example, when that when that arises, where you are being anxious, you're being avoidant, again, reflect on where was something not in, put in place that could have been put in place to um, allow me to ensure that I'm not getting avoidant all the time, for example. Um, another thing for a boundary is, uh, this is more like in a um, relationship sense, separate to business, could actually go into business, 
is when or when like a constant argument keeps coming up, like a constant thing keeps coming up, a constant frustration with somebody. Um, you constantly start picking a fight or a fight gets picked about a certain situation. Sometimes a fight needs to happen a few times for you to actually realize what the fight's really about. Like, I'm not going to deny that. But I always say if there is a tiff happening in a relationship with a friend or with your partner, or if there's an actual fight happening over and over again, the best thing that you can do is you need to remove yourself and you need to literally think about it for about three fucking hours. Maybe talk to somebody about just to like be able to go through your thoughts or talk out loud to yourself to be able to figure out what the actual root cause, like what the root problem is of the argument. Because we will often argue very surface level with people and that doesn't really get anywhere. But if you really figure out what the root is, from that route, then you can figure out what the boundary is that needs to be drawn. So if a constant tiff keeps happening or a constant situation keeps arising that is obviously pissing you off, of course, there is something that needs to change so that that isn't occurring anymore. Um, and then sometimes there could just be a new environment or a new situation or a new season of life that you're stepping into with somebody and you know that boundaries need to be drawn, whether it is stepping into um, having a new employee on your team, whether it is moving in with your partner, whether it is moving back home with your parents, whatever the situation, it doesn't matter whether it's going to, you know, you're staying with your parents for two weeks over Christmas. If you are entering into like a new environment or a new phase of life and somebody else is involved, that is also a time where boundaries are good to think about before the situation. So like to preempt what you're going to need. And then the last thing I want to mention that everybody forgets is that people need to have boundaries within themselves. Like people lack self-discipline these days. They lack boundaries within themselves, you know? And so a boundary, for example, within yourself could be that, you know, I've set the boundary that when I feel X, I'm not going to do Y or I'm going to do Y. Or the boundary for myself is I'm not working after 7 p.m. And that's a hard boundary within yourself. And it's really interesting because a lot of people will expect other people to hold boundaries with them, but they can't even hold them within themselves. So that discipline is really important. And I know I talk a lot about like feminine energy. You don't, you're not becoming really masculine if you have self-discipline. Self-discipline is an important quality that we all need to have. And that literally is grouped in with what I would, I would say it's grouped in with self-respect of if you have a lot of self-respect, you're going to have the discipline. And like an example of discipline could literally be and like crossing over with boundaries that you work out every day or that you take your supplements or that you eat well, like whatever the situation is, people always forget boundaries within themselves. And if you can't hold a boundary with yourself, how the fuck can you expect somebody else to hold a boundary with you? Or how can you hold a boundary with somebody else? Yeah. And you mentioned before, you mentioned silence can be a really effective boundary. What did you mean by that? Okay. So so I see this a lot with people in like self-development spaces where um, basically we will go into this reactive response where we need to (laughs) over-communicate. And I actually see it, like I see it a lot with people, especially men in the person like that are heavily into the personal development space. Their default is if I communicate shit loads, it's going to fix the problem. And I'm like, "Mm, sometimes over-communicating can make the other person actually feel really uneasy in a situation. And um, that's not the best thing to do. So when I'm talking about silence can sometimes be a boundary. What I mean by that is if someone has crossed a boundary for you and maybe you've mentioned it, you okay, but firstly, 
this, I would say this more so once you've mentioned the boundary like a few times to someone or you've like brought it up, but like it's not, it still keeps getting crossed is sometimes silence. What it does is one, it deflates the situation, which is really important so that you could actually have a way better conversation and you then have time to really figure out what the, the actual issue here is. But what's better in the silence is that the other person is forced because of them being in discomfort. They are forced to self-reflect and they will very often, more often than not, they will actually realize the boundary they have crossed without you having to say anything. And because they have realized that for themselves, so it's a self-realized, they've realized, oh, what's the word? It's um a, a self-realization. I can't think of the word because they've come up with it themselves, they are more self-motivated to actually act on it. But if someone else was to say, like, you keep doing this, like it really needs to stop, for example, they're more likely to not follow it. Not saying they won't follow it, but they're more likely to, um, you know, whether it's in their energy or their physical words, be like, no, fuck off. Versus if they are stuck in silence, which is major discomfort because they, they've crossed a boundary and the other person isn't talking to them, or it's just like, you know what, like I'm not bringing this up anymore. Like I really need you to just figure out what it is that you keep doing, what it forces the other person to do. And you, you of course do it in like a healthy way. You're not being, you're not giving them the silent treatment. You're just like, you know what, I, I don't want to talk about this right now. It's not productive. Can we just table this for a day? And then I promise we'll talk about it the next day. And in that one day, they are able to have that self-reflection to figure it out themselves. And I want to say, if you do choose to do that, please make sure that you say to them, like, I promise we'll talk about it tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon. I just need to table it for now. I don't have the energy to go into it again. It's really important because you don't want the other person to go into a super anxious state where you're basically leaving them hanging and giving that that would be giving them a silent treatment if I'm giving you no idea what's wrong and I'm never going to talk about this with you but if you say to them we're just going to pin it until tomorrow their brain and their body still gets that feeling of safety knowing okay it is going to be talked about it is going to be resolved it's just not going to be resolved right now and that is that can actually be really, really helpful for a lot of people, um, especially if the person that you need to draw a boundary with is generally very stubborn. Because stubborn people, if a stubborn person is told what to do or told that they would like, like, you know, please behave in this way, generally speaking, stubborn people are going to be like, ah, oh, fuck you. But if they realize it for themselves, they're way more likely to act on it because they're going to be self-motivated. Yeah. So for an, as an example, maybe like, would, let's say you've got a client and they've yeah. sent you seven minutes worth of voice messages mm. on a Saturday. Is that like what you mean by when silence would be effective or yes. is leaving so, okay. them hanging silent treatment? Like how would you, how would okay. you approach that situation? Okay. So yeah, let's use that situation. So I don't reply to Vox messages, like messages from clients on the weekends mm-hmm. and like, Rare cases will be when I know that a client's about to step into something really stressful, then I will be like, you need to Instagram message me or you need to like email me to check my Voxer because I don't look at my Voxer on the weekend. And generally speaking, by me giving them that that permission, they don't even fucking need it. (laughs) Um, But generally speaking, I don't take clients on the weekend. So let's say, for example, and by the way, that would be a healthy boundary. No one should be dealing with clients on the weekend because we all need a weekend off and they need a weekend off and they need to learn to be able to self-soothe for two days a week. If they can't self-soothe for two days a week, like in my opinion, 
And like, I do trauma stuff. In my opinion, you are not fucking helping them because you are training them to be reliant on you, which is not a good thing. Anyway, so if they've sent you seven minutes worth of voice messages and it's like, I really need a reply. I really need a reply. I just, I honestly, to be really honest, I wouldn't reply because it's like in the contract, it's Monday to Friday. And I would be going against my boundary, which is take training you and teaching you that I don't follow my boundaries. Now I'm telling you to follow your boundaries. Like where's the embodiment there? So um, two things. One, if you've opened it and seen it and you know that they're like maybe a very anxious client, you could be like, see the messages, we'll reply on Monday. That's going to elicit a safety response. And it's also drawing a boundary in there at the same time because you are saying at the exact same time, I'm not rep- I don't reply on the weekends. However, if you saw the message, if you like saw them on your phone, but you didn't open them, so it didn't say like red or whatever then I would not open them and I would not reply to them. You're not leaving them hanging because if you've like if you've told them Monday to Friday, then that is a fair expectation for them to have Monday to Friday. So let me use another client example with boundaries. And actually, I will say when it comes to clients, sometimes if they send me like 20 million voice messages and I'm like, and I'll listen to them and it's like a whole pile of victim, I will actually pause and be like, you know what? I'm going to come back to this tomorrow. And then by tomorrow... They've sent me a message being like, don't need to listen to any of them. I figured it out myself. Right. (laughs) So sometimes you can really help people just by letting them also have space and not feeding into their drama. Um, But another example for like drawing a boundary would be let's say a client is like, okay, let's say someone has done a program of yours, like a course, and they've like, I've done the course. I'm like, I want a refund. Like, I didn't like it, but you have a no refund policy. Draw and like, let's say, and then they've emailed you. Um, on the weekend, like on a Friday night at like 10 PM saying, I want a refund. And then you get another email from them at Saturday middle of the day. Like, Hey, I'm following up. I haven't gotten your email. My response would look a little bit something like, Hey, hope you had a nice weekend. We don't actually respond on weekends. Thanks to your patience. So in that first line, you're kind of drawing a boundary and making it very clear of like, I'm not at your beck and call just because I'm a person running a business. Doesn't mean that I sit on my laptop all weekend replying to emails. And then the second follow-up would be you, you have a responsibility as a business owner to maintain the energy of integrity. So what a lot of people slip up on is that they have in their contracts no refunds, for example, or Monday to Friday Voxer. Then they don't follow that. And then they complain when people cross their boundaries. And what the missing piece is, is that their boundaries aren't like embedded in their energy. So most people don't cross my boundaries. I don't even have to fucking tell them the boundaries because the boundaries are like embedded in my energy. Like most people know, just like don't fuck with Monica because like she's not going to deal with it. Like she's just she's just not going to put up with it. You're not really going to get anywhere. So when people do choose to fuck with me, I'm like, I don't understand why. Or like when people, I've had people send me messages being like, I'm unfollowing you. I don't like your podcast. And I'm like, if you actually listen to it, you know that I would actually use this as content. So like, thank you. I find it very entertaining when people feel the need to do that. I'm like, you realize I use this as content and I am not like, you're not criticizing me at all. I don't actually care. Um, so when you don't hold a boundary in your business, you are training your um, followers or your possible clients or your clients, you are training them to basically let you be a doormat. And it's really important to understand this because if people it's like are saying, why do people keep asking for refunds or, or, you know, bombarding me on the weekends or complaining that I'm not replying fast enough to their voice messages or whatever it is, my answer is you're not drawing, like you're not embodying the boundary. And what I mean by that is like the boundary isn't in your energy where people just know they don't have to, they don't have to wonder what's going on. They just subconsciously know 
that you wouldn't be dealing with like a stupid fucking email of like someone having a pity party about X, Y, and Z problem. So if you have certain things in your contracts or in your business model and you're not following them, you are the problem number one. Like step number one is actually follow your boundaries because you are not empowering your clients or your customers to follow their boundaries if you're just going off on yours. If that makes sense. And obviously there's always a yeah. little bit of wiggle room, like depending on the situation. Um, but like, like for example, for my event that I had in April, some people, like three girls got COVID and they couldn't like they couldn't fly out of their countries to come to New York. And I have like a very lengthy contract and it is like no refunds, a whole COVID clause in there, la la la. Now, because obviously like, well, um, sometimes, sometimes I am a bit too nice, but because of the situation, two of them were also um, like old clients and they'd already paid a lot for like other things of mine. I gave them a credit like of that amount to the next event, not for a program, not for a course, not to be used towards anything else, but another event ticket. The contract was hard, no credits, no refunds um, after 60 days, whatever, whatever. But I chose in that moment to be lenient and I actually felt better with that decision. So you can be lenient depending on the situation. You don't have to be like hardcore if that doesn't feel good to you. But most of the time you need to feel like you could say no or no refunds or put the boundary in place. Um, and not feel like you're being a doormat and being controlled by your clients. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Wow. There's so much, there's so much in that, especially around the embodying the boundaries, because I guess when I came into this interview with you, I was like, oh, let, I'm going to ask Monica some questions about enforcing the boundaries, mm. but I actually love, I, I love this approach of embodying them more yeah. than I'm just going to, I choose to enforce this boundary. No, I just embody that. I love right. that. And a lot of people can feel, and I would say number one thing with being able to draw boundaries and feel like really safe to do so and your body not go into a full trauma response where you're like sweating and about to start crying is so many women have a blocked throat chakra and not to be like too woo-woo, but if you can't speak your truth, like you get a frog in your throat, your throat just closes. That is something that you really need to work on in order to feel safe to draw boundaries because for a lot of people, drawing a boundary can literally elicit a full-on trauma response, especially if they have a history of abandonment, rejection, bullying, like not fitting in. And that is really that that is the root of like an inability to draw boundaries. So it is really important that you obviously heal that and it will become very easy and like second nature to draw boundaries. And there are different situations. Like sometimes I will enforce a boundary and I will be like blunt and straight to the point of like X, Y, and Z. Other times, like I was saying, where it's kind of in the hidden message of like, hope you had a good weekend. Thanks for your patience. We're not online on the weekend. That's kind of like, you know, it's in there without having to be really obvious. And then that third option is like silence. Um, And silence is just really powerful, especially if you have someone bombarding your DMs, it can actually feel more stressful to reply to them than to just not reply to them and give them a bit of the silent treatment. Like you don't fucking know them, give them the silent treatment because often what will happen is they will learn and then like come back to you. I've had situations where um, like people have like sent me shitty DMs. So I just block them. And then they've emailed me a year later, apologizing and asked to be unblocked. And I didn't even need to, I didn't need to message them being like, I'm blocking you. You're a bitch. Like stop saying X, Y, and Z. I just didn't say anything. I just, why would I waste my energy on that kind of person? That's like, in my face all the time. I'm just going to block them like whatever. And then the funny thing is they 
come back to me and want to be unblocked. And that's the kind of person that from then on will really respect my energy, my time, whatever I'm saying, because they realize that I'm not going to deal with people disrespecting um, that. And it happened. And I, it's just something in the online space that I'm like, if you can be okay with people unfollowing you, disliking you, saying shit about you, you're going to find your business to be so much easier to run. Because if you are hanging on to every single person's validation, like good luck. I I have heard more times than I can count people being like, I was so triggered by you. I unfollowed you that I missed you because I had a fight with my boyfriend. And I was like, you popped into my fucking head. So I started listening to your podcast again. Then I refollowed you. And now I'm in Queen Alchemy or now I'm in this program. And it happens <laughs> so often. And I'm like, I actually love that because what it does is it's really allowed that person to like with the unfollowing, for example, because they've been triggered by a boundary that I've set or whatever, whatever the situation is by me not being worried about the rejection all the time, they don't feel like an anxious attachment from me of like, no, don't leave, don't leave. So they come back on their own free will with so much respect for time, energy, resources, what I'm saying, what I'm teaching, whatever. And then they end up being a fucking paying client. And I'm just like, it's so interesting how that flow can work when you're fully embodied and what you're saying unapologetically and people actually respect that more long-term. If you are trying to please everybody, you are literally going to just be displeasing yourself because you're not ever speaking your truth and your business is just you being a doormat rather than you standing up and teaching and talking about what it is that you want to be. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, Last question. I So for somebody who's got a client or maybe they've got a student in an online course who keeps going against their boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, you've set a boundary saying, you know, there's um, this is an online course that doesn't have a community. It's kind of like self-paced. Yeah. You don't get any support. And this person yeah. keeps DMing you asking questions. As an example, how can you enforce that boundary or embody that boundary in a way that makes them actually pay mm-hmm. attention, actually listen to it? I love that. Okay. So if that was happening to me, I would be, I would say something like, Hey, we'll call it Alice. Hey, Alice, thanks for reaching out. Um, really glad that you're involving yourself so heavily in the program. I just want to remind you that this program doesn't have a community and there isn't a one-on-one aspect. So, um, if you have any more questions, what I'm going to need you to do is book in for a one-on-one or um, send me a message if you're interested in doing one-on-one coaching or whatever X packages. And then in that space, you're going to be able to ask me a lot more questions, um, add links like, you know, love heart emoji, whatever it is, and then be like, thank you for respecting this and understanding. Have a nice day. Something like that. So what you've done is you haven't responded to a question number one, because as soon as you respond to a question, you have just gone against your boundary. Like you've just done the exact opposite of what you just said, if that made sense. And then the second thing is that you haven't been like, you can't ask me questions. It's instead like, Hey, just reminding you, this is like not included in this program. And I would love to be able to help you. So if you do want help, here is the next option for you to do that. And then leave that up to her. And let's say, for example, she comes back and she's like, I thought there was a community, like this is bullshit, like blah, blah, blah. I need help. You can be like, you can then be like, completely understand. Let me send you an email just from like with the contract. So you can just see what it is that you signed. Um, and hopefully you can respect this boundary of mine because um, 
I need to honor the fact that that like my one-on-one clients get more of me or whatever. So sometimes I will literally say um, things like if someone DMs me questions, I don't answer any questions through my DMs anymore. I will literally, my response is like, hey, please listen to the podcast. Um, and then I'll also say like, you know, this would be a good, pro- this would be answered in XYZ program. Or I'll say something like, um, like, hey, I don't answer questions through my DMs. That's... Um, that kind of value is safe for my clients. Here are the best programs to look at if you're interested. Boom. Because also, and I'm sure many of your listeners have this, is if you have an abundance of free resources, and I have an abundance of free resources, I am not spending my time replying to DMs. Like more often than not now, and some people could be like, that's like shitty customer service. But I'm like, no, it's actually not because people don't care and they keep messaging me anyway with other nice things is if someone's asked me a long question, even if I don't have the time to reply, I don't make it a big deal. I will just not reply. Or I will say something simple like, hey, this is answered on the podcast. I won't even necessarily give them a certain episode. I respond to all of my DMs and I haven't liked it in the past. I let my assistant do it. And yeah, she'll like send a really lengthy response of like, you know, the exact... um the exact like podcast to listen to. But for me, that hasn't felt good. For me, I like being the one in my DMs. So I trust and believe that my followers want that more, want me answering questions more than these perfectly answered questions from an assistant. Because the reality is, is that I also want to empower my um, followers to be able to scroll through my podcast themselves. Like people are so lazy these days. They want the exact link, the exact this. Like people will DM me being like, what time does the class start? I'm like, read the fucking sales page. So I literally will just respond. And this is also another way to draw a boundary, right? In a sentence is, hey, it's all on the sales page or it's all on the, it's all, you know, linked in my Instagram stories because that is saying like, look for yourself. And I'm not, I'm not going to be the coach. I never will be the coach that um, hand feeds everybody because you don't want to then attract that kind of person into your containers because you will fucking hate it. Like you will hate having all of these people that hold all these nitty tiny questions where I'm like, do you read the PDFs? Have you read the emails? Like I've had those clients before. And honestly, I like ignore half their questions when they keep asking the same thing. And I'm like, you, ha- I'm like, I can tell that you haven't read the PDF. You haven't read the email. So my responses will be like, it's in the welcome email. It's in the welcome PDF. Because in that message, I'm drawing a boundary, being like, I'm not spoon feeding you. You need to look for yourself. But I'm also empowering them of like, you've paid X amount of dollars to join this program. Like, are you not self-motivated to open up and read the PDF yourself, if that makes sense? And it's really important to do this because otherwise you have very, very clingy clients because you're training them and allowing them to be really clingy. Like your relationships with your clients and your followers are relationships. And people forget that in our relationships, we're training each other all the time. It's like training a dog. We're always telling each other what we're accepting and what we're not accepting. So you need to be aware of that with how you engage with your audience um, as well. Wow. I think you just explained why I have a really clingy dog. There you go. There you fucking go. (laughs) Problem solved. Sorry, Archie. No more cuddles from me. (laughs) It's funny because just before Monica came on the podcast, I was sitting here with Archie in my lap, giving him cuddles so that he wouldn't bark during the episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Monica, you have been absolutely amazing. Where can the listeners find out more about you? Do you have like any programs that teach boundaries, any freebies, yes. anything like that? Okay. So my masterclass, um, boundaries, bitch, it's $160. I recommend for everyone to get it. It is 
so good. I've had a lot of my girls that even did like Queen Alchemy. There's a lot of boundary stuff in there and more of like the trauma stuff around boundaries than Queen Alchemy. Um, so when I was talking about throat chakra, speaking your truth, all that kind of stuff, that like root issue of your inability to draw boundaries will be fixed in Queen Alchemy. But I've had a lot of girls that even did Queen Alchemy do that boundaries masterclass because it just laid everything out really nicely and solidified it. And I just would recommend everyone to take that. Even if you're like, oh, I'm pretty good on boundaries. I understand them. I'm like, it's 160 bucks and it will change your life forever. And you have that resource forever. So that's open all the time. People can um, buy that whenever. And Queen Alchemy opens again in July for enrollment. Um, people can find me on Instagram. Monarchy Yates Health is my handle and my podcast is feminine as fuck. Amazing. Thank you so much, Monica. This is great. I'm going to go and draw like a million boundaries right away. Love it. Thank <laughs> you so for having me. What an episode, right? Like there is so much gold in that. And I would love to challenge you from this episode to pick one area in your business, one thing where maybe you're feeling resentful towards a client or a team member or somebody who has bought your products, for example, and think about a boundary that you can set with them and enforce right away. That is my one challenge to you from this episode. That is it for today's episode. If you have any friends who you think would benefit from learning about boundaries and setting boundaries in their business, please let them know about this episode, hit the share button and send it to them. And if you haven't already hit subscribe or follow for this podcast, it's the little plus button in Apple podcasts and it's the follow button in Spotify. And that means that you get each episode delivered straight to your podcast app rather than having to go and look for it and download it each week. That is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you next time.